really hard on my background so <laughs> dude that's fake i See, saw that background on, on, a, <laughs> on a live stream the other night it's a getty images background <laughs> yeah it's getty images dude you're not paying the you're not paying the artist for that dude that's unfair usage of <laughs> <laughs> so like like let's just let's jump into this dylan we know dylan from all working together doing av gigs in austin texas and um dylan i met dylan as he's a camera you're a camera person at that point and then uh we ended up kicking it and we did a couple video projects together well we had the burger show going which is kind of like this fun um idea i'll let dylan expand on but um yeah let's just start with like what put a camera in your hands at what age like what was the draw um you know what what keeps you making films Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I got a digital camera when I was like maybe 10 or 12, somewhere around there. And I can't remember what, you know, why I wanted to get, because at the time I, you know, I never really thought about films or anything, but um, yeah, I just got one and started messing around making movies with my friends and then I you know would edit those videos and I think I just realized like quickly how fun that was and how you could sort of tell a story that way um you know and I think from there I think I think back then I wanted to act more uh and I just sort of saw myself kind of going in that direction um uh it was uh <laughs> like i think i remember we were you know back then you're you're playing and you're just having fun and i was like i don't want that to end i just want to keep playing and having fun and like how can i do that if i grow up and then i was like oh i could like make movies and then just never grow up and <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing that so I never grew up, and <laughs> here I am today. <laughs> now you're on Pirate Utopia. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to be here, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working uh, now? Like you, I know be you the name of the episode: How to Never Grow Up with Dylan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neverland, the the lost. What is it? The Lost Boys. Which, uh, yeah about the vampires was, oh yeah <laughs> i mean more peter pan kind of oh oh you're right situation. yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah, the last one. yeah that's where it came from that's yeah <laughs> dude peter pan Which ripped I, off that, that sick he's ripping off Kiefer sutherland man yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i heard my friends <laughs> was saying uh he was like you know the story of peter pan is like like I guess apparently like the Lost Boys, there's like a tragic thing where they can never grow up, and there's like something in the books where it makes mention of them, like Peter Pan, like killing them, 
as they get older or something like that. I don't, I don't know if this is true, but it, it sounded really fascinating. Like they can never grow up. So it's like, what happens? Yeah, what happens to the Lost Boys when they grow up? Well, apparently Peter Pan kills them. Or eats so them they or don't stay young in, in Never Never Land or whatever. They actually keep aging, but Peter Pan kills them as they get older. Yeah, Peter Pan's the only one that can stay the same age. Sort of his magical ability. But the the kids don't. They're just kids. And uh, okay, I don't, don't really mind know. I'm trying to get started <laughs> on the screenplay as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, but when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to make like a really gritty <laughs> Peter Pan movie. They have done some like dark fairy tale stuff before, which I don't know. Uh, works sometimes if you're if you're into that type of thing i guess it would be cool to reverse it so hook is like the good guy he's actually trying to stop peter pan from killing uh children yeah. and <laughs> yeah. i don't know That's what i was thinking i was like oh you could totally say like oh peter pan's like the bad guy in actuality and it's like hook's just he's just like guys you know it's time to grow up it's, yeah there's a go. cabal of child killing murderers in Never Never Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need to end it. <laughs> yeah, and I can't believe if if that is true, and it's just based on like what my friend told me. Uh yeah, I'm like, why isn't there a uh why isn't there a story on this? Like why yeah. isn't this more of a thing? It's gotta be just like a very like like a, a passing line that you could interpret somehow, maybe. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think it was like, oh, like if you think about it, you're like, yeah, why is, hmm, that's interesting. What happens to those kids? I mean, if Hook is canon, like that old guy, you know, he was the guy who lost his marbles. Remember, he was a lost boy. That's right. So, you know, so that if we're taking Hook as canon, which I don't know if that's if that's in the Peter Pan community, if that's how they uh, they. Well, that's how I that's how I see it. Hook yeah. to me is that is canon. That's the most <laughs> canon like film ever. Above above the cartoon. Above the cartoon. <laughs> above the cartoon. It's better. It's more it's canon. I, I, I agree. Robin Williams <laughs> instantly makes everything canon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So you have this. You gotta. You have this like really uh, dry style, Dylan, and I'm just wondering if you have any influences for that, like if that's pulling from somebody else or that's just kind of how you and your friends grew up making jokes when you're younger or because it's unique. It's like very dry, even like this Peter Pan conversation, (laughs) like and you don't seem to break character often. (laughs) Yeah, he's still in Ray Romano, like he's still doing the Ray Romano. (laughs) um yeah you know so it's funny you you said the other night we were talking and you're like i don't know if you want to do like the sarcasm thing and i i thought about that and i i think i get that often where it's uh when i'm trying to be sincere it sounds sarcastic and when i'm trying to be sarcastic it sounds sincere and i think just throughout my whole life that was that was a thing and I think growing up just trying to make people laugh you know to like make friends and and whatever I just adapted this sort of 
I don't know, this this dry humor. Um, and also, I think my grandmother has it. Um, my dad's side, my dad had it, has it. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's just over the years, it's just sort of become who I am. <laughs> but I, I struggle with it because I, I do want to be sincere, you know, at times and, 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 and I, some things, sometimes I think it comes across wrong or, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I express myself correctly <clears throat> at times or uh, the other thing I struggle with is like, yeah, when, when I'm, I'm being like, no, I'm, I'm for real. I, I really am, you know, genuine about it. And then the perception is like, like, is he though? And I always, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Cause I'm like, yeah, but I am, I don't know how to like convey that. How do I, <laughs> you know? You know, I, I feel like uh, I'm curious to know if you've ever like identified with this or kind of if this is kind of in the same vein. Like when I was in college, I remember I had a group of friends and it was like irony was like everything that we said was ironic. You know, it always was like a joke. And it was kind of fun for a while when I started getting into this kind of group. And after a while, it started to like create this like rift in reality because then we would make these it was just constant jokes and it would be like wait but what do you actually believe do you authentically like every it's kind of like if you hide behind irony i don't know I, I was i was curious if you've ever like identified in that sort of way yeah yeah um yeah i think about that a lot because and especially now uh just in this day and age uh where a lot of things are just are shrugged off, I guess, um, and and how to, you know, more and more, and as I get older too, is like, well, how do I, yeah, how do I, how do I retain my sort of sense of humor, but without just coming across of like, I don't care about anything, like, I, you know, I feel like, yeah, if I come across like I don't care about anything, that that's first of all, it's not true at all and yeah it's not representing myself and yeah i notice a lot of people and that's sort of they get in that rut and that's all they are and it's just everything's sarcasm to them everything's insincere and so it becomes like well nothing's sincere and then when you have something that's like like a real problem uh and you know especially during this year is like there's real problems and people are really getting hurt. And I think a lot of times people try to turn that into like a humorous thing. Um, but to me, it's like, nah, it's, it's really, I can't laugh about it. You know, it's as much as you want to laugh and sort of make light of things. There's certain things yeah, you just can't, it's more of a bummer than anything. Um, I don't know. I struggle with that though just making sure that my sense of comedy, you know, what, and especially when I'm doing like a, a, a bit, you know, like it's a character I'm, I'm doing, or if I make a video online, and, you know, I'm just being silly, but I'm also trying to say something with my silliness too, you know, that's sincere. And I think that's the other thing is like a lot of times when I'm making a joke, it's coming from like actually a pretty deep place for me 
Um, but the only way I know how to express it is through like a joke because I think I was used to just over the years trying to say something sincerely and people just zoning out. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe if, if I turned it into a joke, they would listen or, mm. or something. But yeah, I don't know if that's so healthy. <laughs> it's, it's a balance. I don't know. It, it's still stuff I, I, I struggle with. Yeah, like, and we don't have to go into this too much if you don't want to, but earlier, maybe it was earlier in this year, it must have been because it was coronavirus, but you had made a post online about feeling like your anxiety was at a level that was like, new for you. And like, you know, you, you didn't know what to do. And when I read that post to me, I was like, this is super sincere. It's obvious that like, he's expressing himself. And um, I thought that was really cool. It was like, totally not, you know, it was separate from like your comedic work and stuff. And then the reason I want to bring that up is like, does that, does it make you feel like creatively, like you have to stay in this one box where it's like, it's about making these kind of quick, funny jokes on, you know, on a video, whereas you could express yourself on video really, really sincerely too. And like, does it can be the same production group or same person. And like, you know, like when you see like Jim Carrey take on like a serious role and you're like, wow, he's actually a really amazing actor. He doesn't just have to be the comedic guy. So I was wondering if like, if you feel boxed in at all, or it's like, that's a direction you maybe want to take your work, like touching on just a different subject matter. Yeah. Um, I think as a, when it comes to writing, my writing is um, like, I wrote a book um, called Pain and Repetition and it's about serious stuff for me. It's like about a um, trauma and uh, abuse and all sorts of like really weighty subjects. And it's something that normally wouldn't be like a fun read, you know, it'd be a slog. And a lot of it is like writing it was just like oh, torture, you know? And I don't know what it's like reading it from someone who you know, didn't actually write it, but I tried to like sprinkle in humor throughout just to lighten it up a bit. And I think with a lot of the stuff I do, it's either comedy or drama. And I always wanted to make like dramatic films. Um, that was sort of my thing. I, I, I didn't want to do any comedy at all. And then I think over the years, I just, people kept saying like, oh, you're funny. You've got like this funny thing. You should do that. Like, that's where your skills are <laughs> and it was never yeah I never really wanted to do that to me that was like not nothing less uh it was just not in my wheelhouse or how I I guess I saw myself um but that that's changed over the years and I guess I see more of a reason why comedy should comedy should exist and you know like this just this past year I've the beginning of the year I would only watch things that were funny and I didn't want to watch any dramatic films or anything like that because I didn't want to think about you know as far as like a distraction I wanted to see something that was just would get my mind off of what was going on um so I think yeah for me I don't know it's 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 tricky because I do still want to make things that are dramatic, 
to sort of tell a different side of what it's like to be a human and then comedy to just make it all, I don't know, light. But yeah, and it, with my like Instagram stuff, used to be just me just goofing. But I think lately it's been more, I've been taking a lot of like the sunset or, you know, stuff that I like, images that I think like, oh, that's kind of pretty or, you know, I try, I try to make it more, I don't know, like I'm trying to like let go of that ego or that, that thing that's like the protecting thing, that, that sarcasm, that sense of humor. And I just try to like make it more um, pure, I guess. Um, yeah. I think that's interesting about the like, uh, the protection thing. Cause I do feel like that uh, a lot of it, it, I don't know if you, there's a name, but I kind of think of it like class clown syndrome. And I think a lot of, uh, we all have friends and, and maybe you relate to this too, but like, you know, people grow up as the class clown and it's like, oh, they love when you're a child and maybe deprived of attention or whatever for, for being funny. And so you keep going down that road and you realize the more you make people laugh, the more they appreciate you. But, you know, and then it gets to a point, though, where people don't take you seriously or you start to feel like they only value you for the amount that you can make them laugh. And so if you can't make them laugh because you're sad or upset, then you start to feel like you have no worth, you know, and I think, yeah, that's a that's a real thing with a lot of people who deal with comedy do. And, and then, you know, it's also the other thing about like, you know, when you're ironic, you don't have to be honest. You know, you don't like uh, if I say, oh, 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 that guy, he's amazing. Right. You know, then it's like I've now protected myself from y'all criticizing me for liking that guy. Hmm. And but it's in this weird like, do, do you like him or not? You know, <laughs> like, what do you what do you like? Yeah. And it creates a, I think I think that's. I bet it's a bigger problem than people really want to realize, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a huge problem. Uh, at the, uh, like, I don't know if you guys have seen baskets at all. Um, that, yeah. So Zach Galifianakis did a show for FX, I think. Um, and it's in Louis Anderson who, Louis Anderson plays like his his he's basing it off of his own mom and so he plays Zach Galifianakis's mom and Zach <laughs> Galifianakis <laughs> plays he plays two characters he plays since you know sort of a version of himself and then his brother uh, <laughs> and I the show is fantastic and I bring it up because it he's trying to be a clown um, and he's he goes to clown college in France and, and you know throughout the whole show he's he just wants to be a clown you know and but he's dealing with like really serious stuff that's like you know really affecting him and you know childhood trauma and all this kind of stuff and all he wants to do is just be a clown and throughout the whole thing is the transformation be, be, between like him being that silly character to him being just being really sincere and serious and you start to say like what is this show like I thought it was about a clown and you see the promotional posters and stuff and it's him and he's dressed up as a clown and it's really silly 
And then as it goes, it just, that slides away. And then you just see like a person. And it's as, as like a, well, as a piece of art, it's one of the best shows I've probably ever seen. And especially that subject matter of someone being goofy to just get through life, but then it taking a toll and you start to be serious and it's not funny anymore. And um, I, I find that fascinating. And there's a lot of, it's funny you should bring this up because there's a lot of like those things, like you see that with the Joker um, mm -hmm. and you see that with, uh, there's another one, I'm trying to think of the name of it. But, you know, there's there's quite a lot of things that, oh, kidding with the Jim Carrey, he did a show sort of a, about that. Um, just him, he's like, this guy isn't having a good time at all, yet he has to put on this face that he is because he's some, you know, expected to, to be the funny person. Um, I, I find that if, that's a really fascinating sort of, I don't know, story, um, reality for a lot of people. And it's hard to convey what ex how, how it ex actually feels, you know. I feel like that's um, the classic like archetype, right, of the Pag Pagliaccio or whatever. Do you guys know about that? Mm -hmm. um, that it's that that's the like clown, the crying clown, you know. But Pagliaccio means I think it just means clown in Italian. But uh -huh. there's that classic opera like where he's like he has to put he's just in the opera. Uh, I'm trying to remember how the how the thing goes. It's it's one of the most famous arias, you know, of the guy dressed like a clown while he's crying. He's just seen his wife cheating on him, and so, but he has to perform, and mm -hmm. so he's putting his makeup on. He's like, "Hide it, push it down. You must make the crowd laugh. You cannot let your emotion." So, but uh, I think there's something interesting, though, even beyond because there's that fascinating thing about the internal experience of the comedian, you know, who's dealing with tough shit and also having to make people laugh, but. We're seeing a big resurgence, uh, a big surge in media, like that's funny, but it has a level of heart with it. Where, it, like, you know, like the biggest one I think, or the first one that really popped up for me is like uh, Rick and Morty. You know how it's like very irreverent and humorous and stuff, but then all of a sudden it gets really real and like just some really emotional shit comes out. And I, I you know, I think we're seeing a lot more of that, and it probably has to do with just the fakeness of comedy leading up to this time you know what do you think about that dylan do you feel like you try to like add a level of realism like, like real emotion in your comedy yeah yeah i i always try to yeah just do a little bit more and give sort of a bigger range uh to where you know if i watch sort of what i do to me, it's not, it's not even funny. Like, it's not, it's not a com, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a comedy yeah. to me. It's like, I, I always try to portray something, even if it's silly, even if the audience are looking at it and you're like, oh, that's funny. He's being funny. But I play it like it's not, like it's a real thing to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And because it is, you know? And a lot of the things that I joke about, I think to me, they are really serious and 
Um, and I've noticed, yeah, in me- more recent years, comedy changing. Uh, I've been watching, uh, going from like something like Tim and Eric, which I, I really like, you know, uh, I like that kind of humor and just it's, it's insane and zany and silly. And, you know, I, I think that's important. But uh, there also, what's that? Joe Para talks to you, I think. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that part of that one yeah um or uh nathan for you you, yeah uh john there's a show on hbo now that john wilson uh teaches you or oh yeah like how it works or something right or how or yeah john was like how how to with john wilson (laughs) yeah (laughs) our other guest was talking about that Oh, for real? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, even to the point where we're at, like, the time where we're, like, so, you know, where it's time to plug him. He's like, is there anything else you want to plug? And he's like, yeah, my bags. You can buy my bags and then also check out this show. <laughs> <laughs> no affiliation, just a big fan yeah. of the show. <laughs> well, I, I will second that. I, I will plug that as well instead of anything I have because, to me, yeah, it's, it's, first, it's great. It, it's like it's so great because it is really funny but it's it takes a more serious approach to things and it's just him like going around new york city uh and it was before like it i think they started before the uh the world shut down and he just goes and he films and he narrates and it's it's silly but he comes across people that are like it's all real as far as i, I believe it's all real um and he like meets random people and then they'll go off on an adventure and it's insane you know it's like uh oh they one thing he does he like the the mandela effect he finds somebody who uh (laughs) is really into it and they're like oh yeah we got a, a convention coming up uh and he's so he goes to these things like he finds out about these conventions it's a lot of times it's a convention he goes to he goes to and he's just like it's insane you know it's like what there's that one's funny because yeah there's like he goes to the convention and there's just there's just a handful of people (laughs) And, (laughs) and it's for a bit you're like oh yeah this is like a real thing and and then there's somebody that stands up and they're like so this thing about the internet and you, and the, she just goes off on a tangent and you're like I, no you lost me there I, this is just crazy at this point but yeah i i like how i like finding humor in just everyday stuff and not being not being mean about it you know sincere sincerity in in the humor because I think a lot of times you can go wrong where you're you're mocking something, you know, and you're you're just poking fun of it at its own expense. And I I don't like that. Like if it's something that even if it is silly, it should be taken sort of serious in a way. Or there or there should be a certain respect about it, you know. Mm. You know, there's something that like kind of popped into my mind with a lot of that. So I've been really into this dude named Andrew Huberman, who's like a, a neuroscientist from uh, Stanford. And um, I just been going deep dives on this guy's podcast. I've listened to like eight 
interviews with him so far and stuff but he he has a whole thing about how he's talking about how like um to in order to create neuroplasticity in the brain you have to start get you have to sort of agitate yourself first off and what that does is that um signals to the brain which uh you know which neurons and which pathways to fortify when you when you get rest so the idea is like you stress yourself out or agitate yourself and in a way that's kind of like you know you're playing a game and you're getting excited or something and what that really is is just cortisol or not cortisol it's adrenaline that's being you know pumped through your body and it feels internally like a, some sort of agitation whether it's like you have a time constraint or something but you're working really hard on it but the thing is that in, you 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 sort of max out like you can a max level there and then it starts starts to make you want to quit you're just too agitated but in order to keep pushing what you do is you somehow give yourself a, a shot of dopamine and that could be anything obviously but the healthiest way to do it is internally you give yourself some sort of internal reward but he uses this case of like uh what a lot of navy seals will say is you know they're slogging they're just everyone's exhausted they've been pushing themselves for like a long period of time and then someone cracks a joke and then everyone laughs and then all of a sudden it's like everyone has more energy mm -hmm. and i and so that kind of thing keeps popping up for me and so it's almost like you know and i think people do this to great effect in intense movies too where it's like you know you're punishing this main character the protagonist and you just keep beating them into the ground and it's like you have to give something back you can't keep the destroying them the entire movie or else no one cares you have to give them little wins or crack you know comedic relief it, it's like a real thing and i think uh i think it's like in our lives there has to be some sort of that you know um to keep us pushing forward there has to be some sort of making light or don't take your shit too seriously kind of thing um and maybe yeah. I, yeah, I don't know i'm curious to see, like what you think about like because you know i don't really like the mocking stuff but i do like really offensive comedy you know so i'm curious what your thoughts are in like the role of like offensive comedy without being too um and because a lot of that is in a gray area it's like what do you you know like anthony jessel like i love his comedy but also on a level it's like is this helping anything by you saying this kind of shit and not being like authentic like i don't know what authentically you think you know because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. i i want to say like shout out to the spider house ballroom and all the guys that do comedy there but um there was a couple <laughs> comedy shows. I'm trying to think of the, the main guy's name's Chris. I'm gonna have to look up his Instagram because he's he's really really good, and I'm pretty sure he's been on Comedy Central at this point. But as the sound guy, like occasionally there would be cues or something that were really cute key to these comedy shows, and sometimes <laughs> I'd miss them. I mean, like you know, it's Spider House. Like there's people giving you free shots of whiskey. Like there's people in the sound booth. Like it's it's like a it's a party in there, you know. And so they would like really rip on me as the sound engineer as part of the show. And like, it, like it added to the show, but then at the end, like Chris would be like, dude, you really fucked that up, you know? But I was like, yes, but then it also gave you this avenue to make a really good joke. Like, so I never really knew like how he felt. Like if I was just, cause I was always like the worst sound guy they've ever had, you know? Like that was just the, the kind of role that I kept playing for them. <laughs> But it's like, you know, it made me feel bad, kind of. Like, it made me feel really bad yeah. when, I, when I missed it because I knew I would miss it. But then with, with them kind of like, I don't know. I don't know that they punched down, but they kind of like kind of kept it up in the air a little bit is what it felt like to me. So you're saying you've alienated the comedy community and the Tara Brock 
younger community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like the worst audio engineer of all time. <laughs> Dylan, so on another episode, yeah, uh, Jesse was telling us about a story how he was trying, he was doing audio for that. There's a very famous uh, meditation teacher and he had to go to the bathroom during one of I heard of, yeah. I, you heard about this? I heard, yeah, that's, that's so interesting to me that whole thing oh man that and that's something man i could go on a tangent about that just from the av world experience <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I think that might kind of tie into what we're sort of talking about here and 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 it's well and especially with that like the comedy making fun of you for that that's awful uh i i hate that it just yeah, I know what that's like, that feeling, and it's an awful feeling. And even if they're making jokes, it's like, it's the worst internal, like, just like, <laughs> oh my God, like, I feel awful. And because a lot of times doing present, like the presentation, uh, the presenters, uh, you know, even on their mess ups, they'll say, oh, what's what's this guy doing? Like the, the clicker won't work. And you're like, no, that's you and you know it's you you're just using me to uh push the blame on yeah <laughs> uh, hold on one second yeah and i just want to say when a show goes really well technically well almost no one says anything <laughs> if yeah. anything goes wrong though it's like hey what the hell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and it's funny because those are both like things like yeah. meditation and comedy are both all about like yes and you know what i mean like you roll with it mm -hmm. and it's very the, yeah. the idea is it's supposed to be kind of forgiving like you're supposed to what do you learn from this like meditation is like oh something bad happened but what are you learning what is the experience not like judging it and same i think with a lot of comedy too and so it's kind of funny that they would they would have such a uh i don't know a, a, a negative response and just be so hard on the sound guy not like understanding or wanting to know like what was up like come on man like <laughs> it's fine we worked it out no it's good you know let's try better next time kind of thing it's just like nah fuck you <laughs> yeah i find that really interesting especially on the meditation front um comedy is the the comedy world i i've never been a part of like stand-up or i've never done stand-up i did improv for a little bit uh like i just took the level one course um but i've you know i've always been interested in comedy but never like had the guts but the more i see that world i just see a lot of i don't know it's a game a little bit or there, there's a sort of a insincerity to it to where you'd be like well you're if you're making jokes you're this is supposed to be funny and you guys are like angry at each other all the time and like there's this weird competition in that world it seems like you know and um, and then especially with meditation, to me, it's like, if you're really that meditated out and you're sincere about it, why are you giving the sound guy shit? Like, you should be able to roll with that and realize like, oh, he made a mistake just like everybody else. And to be un unforgiving of that is just, I don't really understand it. I, I, you know, I'm curious, have you, have you ever heard of a guy named Kyle Cease? Mm-mm. 
I got really into this guy maybe a year or two ago, and he was really, really helpful for me. But so Kyle C started out as a comedian, and then he sort of made a he turned into like a transformational speaker, you know, someone kind of like like a self-help sort of person. Um, and I really love his content, but he he finds sort of a middle ground in between the two because he uses his experience and uh, of being a uh, of being a stand-up comedian and learning how to speak in front of an audience and riff and, and improvise. But then he also brings in a lot of like realness and stuff. And he does a lot of that where like little mistakes, but what's magic is that he can just create these moments out of those mistakes. Like, you know, he'll mess up a line or say something wrong and then he realizes it. And then he says, Oh, I'm, I guess my, I'm messing this up to make it, to draw attention to it that this is a really important point. That's the reason I said this wrong, you know, subconsciously. It's like he finds that in the realm instead of just like ignoring it or like uh, beating himself up that he messed up a line, you know, something important that he was trying to say. He just, oh, this is interesting. Like, let's keep rolling with this. Like, this is leading us down a path that I didn't expect, but there might be something, some gold at the end of this path. And, uh, and I think it speaks to a lot of what, what we're talking about here is that he realized that i mean the role in comedy that he was doing it wasn't i think authentic and i think he got fed up with it because comedians are really fucking cynical you know especially stand-up comedians i think um it's really easy to go down that and, and that that rabbit hole and never come out you know mm. yeah that, i think that's the danger of it um and yeah I, i'm friends with people in the stand-up world and and so I, I could never really you know and I haven't done it myself so I can't say you know I, I can't like poo-poo it or whatever but it, it is always something that I you know thought like don't especially if it's super cynical and it's just everything's just so it's like all bullshit you know <laughs> or it can be with certain people you know and I guess same thing going back to like using your your humor to as a defense mechanism um it's i think it's natural you know and if you're and especially if like it works you know and people are laughing and you're making friends that way and but it's a it's a slippery slope i think and i think people you know if they go down that too much you start sort of losing your own humanity and everything becomes a joke and you know eventually nothing is i don't know i think you just get lost you can get lost that way yeah you know yeah now what i really like about your work dylan is like it, it reminds me a little bit of like um like there's very few comics that just can stay in this kind of like pg to pg 13 range and make it really really good like right now i'm like systematically watching every single seinfeld just so it's like i can always relate to like oh i've seen the one where george you know but, uh, <laughs> but like Seinfeld's stand-up in the show is really good. Like it's really good and it's really clean for the most part. Like I'm, I'm impressed how clean it is. And there's like, I think Gaffigan, like there's just not that many people that keep it like in that window. And then like you and I, we worked together on the burger show and it was just like goofy. Like it was just like fun. It was fun to be out there. People thought it was funny just watching us film us eat burgers. And it was like in that window that was safe. Like we weren't punching down at these restaurants. If anything, we're like coming here to celebrate your food and put it on camera, you know? 
Is that what you're trying to do? Like yeah. in that window or, or like, cause you know about the aristocrats, like you can easily just say like the most vulgar thing. And it's like, it's kind of funny just cause it's so offensive sort of, but. Yeah, to me, that's, that's a lot cheaper to go that route. And, and, and yeah, I've done that probably in the past and, and, and still will. And, 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 you know, that's fine too. And I like, you know, poop jokes are funny sometimes. And, you know, there's room for all of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I always like to be more just, you, you don't have to, um, you know, you, you, you at any age, it's okay. And you can watch it and you're, you can find enjoyment out of it. And um, sort of, sort of like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, I want to say Zach Galifianakis, but not Zach Galifianakis. But uh, um, ah, I'm I'm blanking here. Not Philip Seymour Hoffman, but the guy that looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he's a stand-up comedian. Is it Jim Gaffigan? <laughs> yeah, Jim Gaffigan. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he, I like his stuff because it is real tame you know um and he's and people can mock him for that and say like oh he's just appealing to everybody but i don't think that there's anything wrong with that you know um because humor everyone needs humor and some people don't want to be offended you know Um, yeah but you know and that's fine like i I think he, he rips things apart too is the thing like he he'll rip like hot pockets open that's like his most famous joke but he just doesn't have to fucking talk dicks and balls and you know you know killing yeah. people whatever use n-words or anything like he can just make fun of something we all kind of understand you know which is i mean that's the classic seinfeld thing too you know yeah and i think you know the 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 downside of that or the critique of that, I guess, any like coming from me was like, oh yeah, but that's not hard hitting. You're not really getting to anything like, you know, big. Like, what's the bigger picture? You're not like addressing like things that you could like, you know, racism or sexism or whatever. And and you find that in comedians that push the that always are pushing that line, you know, and it's like uncomfortable, but in a good way, because then you like from it, you're like, oh yeah, why is that, you know, the the way it is? Mm -hmm. So there is a need for that, I believe, but I don't know, for me, it's, I think it just comes from, I just, I I just, that's kind of how I am in general and in life. Uh, I'm not someone who tries to push the envelope too much. I guess it just depends on who I'm hanging out with, but um, yeah, I uh, having a good time with with your friends and just enjoying life, um, which is what I felt like we were doing with the burger show, um, and and why I liked it personally was, you know, we were just having a good time and being genuine, um, and that I think needs to there needs to be more of that in in uh entertainment in the entertainment world because i think that's lost and i think we've kind of lost ourselves in the process a little bit and so do we've 
sort of all become a little numb to just being human, you know, and I think that's, that's dangerous, you know, because then you get, you do get into this cynicism and again, yeah, you, you fall into like a trap, I think with that. Yeah. I, it feels like, you know, the classic thing about uh, comedy, it, you know, is I think it's designed not to like, don't take your life too seriously. Don't take what you're doing too seriously. But, you know, within that, you can like fall into that trap of taking, not taking it too seriously, too seriously, you know? And I think that's, that's kind of the danger. So it's like, even it's like everything in moderation, including moderation kind of thing, you know, it's like one of those weird little flips on its head but yeah because I, I guess that's ultimately yeah. that's what it is Every, like, it's all about balance it, yeah because mm -hmm. comedy can offend somebody like so strongly like there, there was a point where i was bartending uh, at this place in santa barbara called the garden and it was just a little beer garden but it was right next to the biggest theater in town so anytime you know kevin hart would play there or these different big names would come in after the show would let out everybody would come over so this couple walks in and um, Bill Burr had played there. So, you know, the yeah. lady's getting her drink order situated. I'm like, how's your night going? She's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, we just saw Bill Burr. I was like, okay, Bill Burr, that's awesome. Like that's, I can't, you know? And she was like, well, as like a feminist and like completely <laughs> offended by Bill Burr's set that night. And it's like, that's a hundred percent valid. She should feel offended. Like I'm sure he said some pretty like cutthroat things that's like kind of his style but at the same time it's like that person they went out to see comedy and then they left feeling really bad and it's like oh man that, you know what are we supposed to do we put a preview up for everybody that goes to see it like maybe she just didn't know that was his style but there's a part of like it, that seems to happen more than like at like maybe somebody goes to your live music show and like a couple people really hate it and walk out but it's not like they're offended by it i mean maybe but like not like comedy Comedy can like really, really hit home for somebody in the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially nowadays, it's, you know, I think a lot of comedians are kind of talking about how, yeah, it's, it's tricky now, you know. Um, it's interesting though, but I think comedy was always used as a tool to have a discussion with people in an open form, like, or, yeah, it was never supposed to be, you were supposed to be offended, you know, because mm -hmm. you were, you were able to talk about things that were serious subjects and everyone did have an opinion about them, but, you know, you, there's the jester and he's allowed or she's allowed to talk about it. And, and that was the whole thing. You're like, you kind of had to keep an open mind of like, all right, well, don't get too freaked out about this because this is just a, a joke at the end of the day, you know? And I, I like it for that reason because I think there, there needs to be that to some degree. You should be able to talk about stuff and, and not be berated because that's how you learn, you know? Even if you're wrong, you you sort you can. That's how you learn. That's the best way. I wonder if there's something similar to like this, like urge that a lot of comedians have, or people might have to be funny. I feel like there's also a, a 
opposite sort of thing where outrage gets respect too, you know, and we're seeing a lot of that nowadays where it's like, like being offended all of a sudden brings you a lot of attention and a lot of like love and uh, love, you know, in quotes or whatever, but like, you know, it brings you a lot of affection and things like that. Like people now, oh, I am offended. What you said upsets me. And now, and then you can get other people on board and be like, yeah, you're right. And da, 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 da. And I feel like it's kind of a similar thing to like a person who would like make light of something. Oh, now I get a bunch of attention. Everyone agrees with me. Everyone likes me. Yeah. And, uh, and it's almost like opposite um, actions, I guess. I don't know what to call it, but like, but they're, working against each other but they kind of have this weird ouroboros thing going on you know the internet is an awful place <laughs> an amazing place it's hard to <laughs> an amazing place as well yeah it's it, the yin and yang yeah there's a huge <laughs> say what porn and cats that's like what the internet is right <laughs> <laughs> right that's how, yeah, that's what it started as. And I'm sure that's how it'll end uh, <laughs> if it ever does. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think right now we're just in a weird time there where we don't even know how to handle it as, as people, as humans. We just, we can't, we don't know what that is. You know, it's like, we've never faced it before. And it's completely different than, you know, it's a, it's a, its own deal. Um, it's such a big deal. And we, we, I think we oftentimes, you know, say it is just, oh, it's just porn and cats. And it is true. Um, but then if you think of the bigger picture of how it's affecting everyone right now currently and, um, I, I haven't seen the social dilemma, but apparently that's really good and puts people get freaked out by watching it and just because it's like eye opening. Apparently, I don't know. Have you guys seen that at all? Or? Yeah, I, I watched it. I thought it was really good. Have you seen it, Aaron? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've listened to a bunch of podcasts with Tristan Harris, and I've been on that tip for a while. Yeah, I, I I agree with pretty much every premise that <laughs> that that movie lays out already. So I just think it's super I, I, dope that the de the developers were the ones that were saying like, "Yo, this is not cool, you guys." Like this is, uh -huh. and they, like they were getting paid really well. You know, I'm sure it is to be there at Google or Facebook or whatever. But it's just like I feel like that's part of as generations, you know, continue to like pass down the baton or whatever. Like that's part of our role a little bit is like leveling the playing field like hey we're not just here to farm everybody else that's in this country like you know mm -hmm. there's, there's a little bit more a level of humanity that i think we can bring forth and level the playing field a bit more but i mean we'll see who knows i often feel very idolistic about these things <laughs> I idolistic like you idolize or like idealistic oh, oh i see yeah, idealistic. like yeah having like i don't know like you're, you're such a good, you have such a good heart, Jess. Too bad the world is just like not like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, but you need. I think people. That's a good thing. I think we need more of that. You know, a lot of people are 
are not like that and that's why the world sucks yeah we've come to a point where this is an interesting point in in human history that I, i can't it's hard to wrap your head around because if it doesn't change we're all gonna be destroyed you know what i mean and i think that's not apparent to everybody like it's apparent to probably us um um but i i have hope that people will wake up and start to realize like we've got to change i think we will because just out of necessity like it mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll probably have a rough time doing it but you know we'll just have to because a lot's on the line here mm-hmm. um so that's kind of my hope that's yeah my hope is <laughs> That we're, we're just going to get so uncomfortable that we'll have to do good. Shit. <laughs> well, that's that's it's usually what up. it is, yeah. though, right? I mean, as funny as that is, no. it's like that's. I think that that's really the only way that this kind of thing works. Like, people don't change until things are uncomfortable. You know, like it, uh, people like uh, people. There were black guys getting shot by cops for you know, very minor crimes during the Obama administration. And, you know, there were even riots and stuff, but it was isolated. Like, I think there was one in Baltimore or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not any, any, it was not any better than what happened to, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name. I was going to say Eric Garner, but Eric Garner happened during. Um, George Floyd, George, I think. Floyd. George Floyd. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but like, you know, they didn't start all these protests, worldwide protests around the world. But when we're all in lockdown and that millions of people have lost their jobs and shit, it's like, oh, now this is inconvenient. And this is something that's been pissing me off for 10 years. Like, I'm ready. Let's fucking let's go out in the street and burn some shit, you know? Um, well, I mean, not burn some shit. I shouldn't say it like that. But let's go out in the street and like make a difference, like make sure people hear us. Yeah, um, I think it's but there the needs to be a change. Yeah. yeah, like mm-hmm. it, it's not real until it's at your front door, and unfor- that's unfortunate. But that's sort of how human nature is, you know, or at least our the nature of our experience. Yeah, I think we reach a boiling point, and uh, it it becomes too much. And yeah, it's it, it's. I just know, yeah, per- personally, that's kind of how I operate. Is, you know, I'm, I'm calm and collected a lot of times. Well, not a lot. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I don't think it's I mean, in my, I think maybe your internal experience is different maybe, but like you do put off like a calm yeah. and collected, you know, exterior. That's how you present yourself at least, you know, at, at work, which is how I mostly know you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not like screaming around and crying and ripping your clothes off and gnashing your teeth at work, you know. (laughs) That's it is. That's (laughs) That's the internal, yeah, yeah. The (laughs) internal is I'm freaking out, yeah. (laughs) But I keep it calm. I keep it calm because I know that it, yeah, it doesn't (laughs) doesn't do anything. It just adds to to the chaos. But um, that's a balance too of 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 keeping it calm and then it's and then also speaking up when it's like no you know like this is rough i am going through a hard time or 
or or this thing does make me upset and that's a balance i've always struggled with and i always try to you know uh because i see other people freaking out i feel like i gotta keep calm and i gotta keep collected uh just to you know get through situations and stuff but sometimes that kind of can come back to bite you in the ass and you're like you know what like i should have said something i should have you know i should have expressed myself a little bit more um uh because you know that can be that can just add to the internal uh, uh you know there needs to be peace like if there's peace externally there needs to be peace internally i i feel like so that's always a balance i'm always sort of struggling with and working on and it's yeah but uh yeah what what were you? i was just gonna say something about that yeah oh yeah just when push comes to shove and i think that's what's happening and i i feel like I don't know if, what it's like for you guys during this year and if you've done quarantine a lot, um, having to face your own stuff more now than ever. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are now. So I'm, I'm interested to see what that does overall in, in a longer picture. Because I think right now we're still like every it's day to day. And the news is just like, you know, what's going to happen next is, you know, is this guy going to go crazy? Is this person going to take over? Is that going to, mm -hmm. is Zuckerberg going to be, you know, locking down on, you know, who, who knows? But I think like if we stretch it out of a 10 year period and 10 years from now, you know, what is this moment going to be doing for us as a society? You know? Mm. Yeah. What are your what are your guys' thoughts on that? I, you know, I'm personally pretty pretty hopeful actually, and I, I feel sometimes like I'm a little naive. But you know, like I just had this thought the other day. Like there are ton like I you're talking to uh, uh, Neil Jesse, uh, a guy who's in. Um, so he was telling us about how he's now having to deal with his kid all day, and um, and it's a lot more work you know, because his kid will throw temper tantrums and things like that. And so, you know, while you're trying to do your work, you're also having to mitigate like a, a three-year-old's temper tantrums, which our society is just not, you know, we're not ready to do. And I think a lot of parents are now having to deal with that and spend a lot more time with their kids. And I think my, my idea is that a lot of people now are going to go online and be like, why is my, how do I deal better with my kid? Cause there's no other option. Mm -hmm. And so we do the classic thing of like, Google it, you know, you have a question, Google it. And so I think, you know, obviously I don't know what kind of information is coming out, but I bet you a lot of, there's a lot more positive information out there just in general, like the internet overall, like for all of its ills, it, it it's changed my life for the better because there's so many thinkers and books and in videos and things that have actually really made my life a lot better that I've found through the algorithms, through the internet and all this stuff. There's like good content out there. And I think if people are forced to like deal with their shit, it's like, well, you go out and look for an answer. Type in, you know, if you type in like what to do when you feel suicidal on Google, you're going to get good resources, I believe. It's not going to be stupid shit like off yourself. 
you know? So, I mean, it's scary for sure. Just like, you know, when you're like in a psychedelic trip and your world seems to be crushing, but if you don't run away from it and you face it, I think that's a net good. And if enough people face their shit, you know, then we'll come out of this better than we came into it. Mm. But yeah, I'm curious, what do you think, Justy? Oh man. Well, uh, the quarantine was interesting. Cause like I, I had, I had set myself up to live and work at this retreat center um, in Phoenicia. And it was cool to be quarantined there. Cause we had like this amazing yoga studio and gym and this property to explore. We got unemployment. We didn't have to work. It was, it was sweet. So like, I was kind of in wonderland as everybody's like world's locking down, they're quarantining. And I felt like that I was the phone call to a lot of people that were really suffering. They were going through their addictions. They were getting some real heavy, like shit come up for them all year. Um, and it wasn't until like last month when I was moving that like all of the things that I've been like, Oh, 2020 is like, I've kind of missed it or it somehow missed me. It seemed to just like compound into one. And like all of the shit that like, I'm not proud of is like, all up in my face and you know i'm doing the best that i can to like work on the show from home and like fill up the calendar but like once i got out of that little rhythm and i'm starting to be like it looks like we're gonna lock down again i just got a text from my mom that it's like california's second lockdown so i'm like oh fuck you know like better get these things in check and build my spiritual practice and like build my rhythm even if it's just like phone calls like this and like having that rhythm i think was the only thing that was really keeping me going earlier so having it shaking was like, I don't know. I thought I was in a lot better position than I was um, like mentally and emotionally until like about a month ago. And it was like, wow, I was at a serious low. Um, and not to say that like, we're not, we're supposed to have serious lows. Like we're supposed to be able to get ourselves up and like charge forward, you know? And like part of that low, I think has pushed me to like create the show and like connect with everybody and make sure that like, I'm expressing myself. I'm letting other people express themselves, talk about what's going on because it is such a serious thing and it affects us all that I feel like even if it's like little bits of information that we pass back and forth or little tips that help us get through the day, like, I don't know, it's one of those, something small like that could like, could totally change your day or your attitude, Dylan, you know, just by like coming on the show for an hour. Yeah. I, I mean, there's... Well it's this has like been the craziest year like it, <laughs> i feel like it, it it like i didn't really get it didn't really hit me until it was all at once right in november and trying to move and yeah so uh and and that's that's like light stuff you know like i know so many people that like lost their mother this year or like you know it just was like thing after thing and and like any one thing of those would have been like that would be a shitty year you know and it's like oh you had all three of those happen like oh my goodness uh, yeah it's yeah seeing uh, yeah i've had a lot of friends lose loved ones and and i luckily thank god i haven't um but i know how yeah how how hard it's been for me and it's not even yeah nothing you know nothing super traumatic happened like so it's i yeah i can't even wrap my head around what what it would be if there were were like a real like a trauma thing well even though you know what i that's maybe downplaying like the mental aspect which is huge hmm. um 
you know, and especially if you, if you deal with different mental problems, um, I mean, that is a battle in its own self, you know? Um, yeah, men, but, yeah, you know, I don't, like, I don't think it's very much like, it doesn't get much talk between just like the guys, you know? And it's like, it's, we all have it. Like whether you're like really fucked up or like you're pretty normal, like you have some level of mental health, you know? And this quarantine is like something that's totally going to check it out and say like, Hey, here's your mental health report. Like it or not, you have a low credit score. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Like, uh, I also, before, like, bef this is, this is like some really good stuff. And so we can either hang here, but I also want to give you the opportunity to share some of your work, Dylan, or some of, um, Last time we we were working together, were, you were working with Curious Cactus. Are you still working with that channel? Yeah, yeah. Curious Cactus Network. Um, we're YouTube, uh, Instagram. Uh, if you follow on YouTube, it's probably better because I think we're trying to put more of our stuff on there. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's something that I sort of co co-founded with some people and. We're uh, essentially making all sorts of content. Um, uh, it's like drama, comedy. A lot of it's comedy right now, but I mean, uh, we want to feature other filmmakers from different perspectives, all sorts of backgrounds. Um, I think that's our, you know, our bigger goal is making a platform for artists um in the film world uh, but also maybe eventually expanding it but right now it's more film based um so yeah we we got a small kind of team going and we're doing stuff as mu much as we can behind the scenes like this year um it's really slow i mean we we were gonna have a launch party at the beginning of the year and we were, we were excited <laughs> and I was like, this is the year guys, we're going to do it, you know? And then all of a sudden lockdown and yeah, we had to cancel it and it was a bummer. And um, sure enough, I should never say it's going to be a great year until <laughs> years over. <laughs> well, I feel like everybody was like, fuck 2019, 2020, yeah. the year vision, we're going to do this. And like, yeah, the thing is that no one realized that the, the, what they, <laughs> it's like you're walking around, you can't see, and you can't see that your kitchen really needs to be cleaned. And then you're like, oh, I got vision, shit. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, I, because I, 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 I'm worried. People are saying the same shit, like 2021, let's do it. I'm going to kill it. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, man, <laughs> we've been saying that the past like, like 2016, you know? <laughs> right, right. Oh. We just need that hope. We need that hope that it's yeah. going to be the greatest year of our lives and everything we've ever wanted will come true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, in a weird way, like 2020 has been, it, it's been awful, uh, like sincerely awful. But I feel stretched in good ways, um, you know. I guess going back to that sort of conversation, uh, creatively, like I've, I've felt stretched, um, or not maybe not so much creatively, but um, it's all like fear fear based stuff. I've been 
like going through my whole life and looking at all the things that make me afraid and uh, having to deal with that, you know, finally. And, and a lot of it's around death and dying. And, you know, it's, uh, I thought I was going to die earlier in the year and I convinced myself of that and I had a panic attack and went to the hospital and, uh, yeah. And I really had to just sort of like ask myself some hard questions of why that was and how I saw myself and, 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 and then creatively too, because with curious cactus and, and a lot of this stuff I've tried to do over the years and make and, and really it's just like trying to, trying to put my stuff out there more and be connected with, with like-minded individuals. And there's been on that road, there's a lot of bumps and detours and huge detours to where I got to a point where I'm like, well, is this even going to work? Like it's not working yet so far, like time and time again. And, getting to a point where I'm like, well, why am I doing it? I think that that's the bigger thing is like, well, why am I doing it? Is it to make it or is it to make art sincerely, you know, just because that's, that's what I want to do. And I think that's, that's my philosophy sort of going forward. I think it will be, or trying to, trying to keep that my philosophy because I can get kind of caught up in that world of like, you know, what do the numbers show? Are people watching it or are they going to this? Are they checking out my stuff? But is is more just being sort of cool about it and saying like, now do it because you love it. That That is why you started it. That is why you, you know, that's why I, I want to be a filmmaker and, an artist is, is because that's what I love. And then I have a genuine interest in that. So yeah, this year has been like a, a big, a break of like saying like, stop before you go too fast for the wrong reasons. Like here, here it is where you can't do what you want to do. Like you can't make films anymore, you know, without like, like I, I, I can in my room and stuff, but I haven't really been interested in making, uh, you know, like a quarantine short film or anything like that. I have a little bit of an interest in that, but uh, I want to make something called the Jokester, Ooh. and it's an idea. I keep, <laughs> I keep pitching it to everybody, and they're like, uh, "It's the Jokester. <laughs> it's my, t- <laughs> it's my take on the Joker." It's just what we were talking about with the clowns, but it's different because I my I dye my hair blue instead of green, the classic, and I make it my own, and I'm called the Jokester, and I also combo it with the Riddler. I steal from him. You want to hear a riddle? Yes. It's an awful idea, but it's the only one I've come up with <laughs> that I could do, like quarantine friendly or whatever. Well, you could make it also about like the absurdity of doing like Zoom comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it a lot, how he just rips. He's like, 
yeah, yeah, I've heard of people, these comedians doing Zoom shows, and I encourage them all to stop immediately. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you, you could do something with that, you know? Like, I mean, because that's like, what's his name? Uh, Tim uh, from Tim and Eric. Like, that's like his whole shtick is like, just, I'm gonna just gonna pretend like I'm the best comedian, but do the stupidest jokes. And if you commit hard enough, you can take it somewhere you know he yeah he he nails it with that stuff he's i was watching he he does that live show now uh-huh. and he just takes it to an extreme <laughs> um it's just so silly and he just he owns it he like he's so in character uh whatever that character is it's <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know this show, yeah, I, I really appreciate you doing these shows because I think it is needed. Um, and and watching, I watched the one, yeah, is it Neil? Um, I think Jesse, you sent me that video. Um, and I watched the whole thing and I really enjoyed it. And I just, yeah, I, th- I think this is great that you, you guys are doing this during quarantine. Um, it's the best, yeah, best time to do it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fun. I mean, it has been for me. I can only speak for myself. I feel like I've definitely gotten Aaron up early morning to get him on a you know extra call or two. But um, it does feel like there's some sort of need. There's like a gap that's being filled here, sort of. Like we all have this program. We all have an internet connection. We can't kick it, but we can all kick it like this. You know, it's a little bit better than than just like trying to talk on the phone or text or Facebook message, you know? But we're experimenting with it too. Like we're, we're yeah, it's... talking about trying to do like a, a live event and like, you know, like what Aaron's saying about Rogan's opinion about it. Like you can't pretend it's a live show. Like it's just not, it's like an, it's a different experience, you know? So like, that's why I want to try it to like try to push it like that like this we're not trying to be like come to our live festival because it's like you're at home in your sweatpants so <laughs> it's, it's different than being at a festival but it's still cool like like the fact that you watch that whole thing i'm like that's amazing i mean that's that's super cool and i wish there was more content out there like some of the podcasts that neil does i work with him on that one and like i've watched all of those and it's like no major podcast is ever going to feature this artist, but like they have really good insights, you know, just as good as like any three of us do. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've been discovering like more and more obscure podcasts lately. And I'm like, Oh, sick. We should get the, like, you know, in a down the line. I'm like, this is the kind of shit we need to highlight. I feel like there's too much of like hero worship and not enough, like, finding the hero and people around you Ooh. or like people who don't mm. have enough. And so it's like, yeah, fuck that. Sh- fuck that. Like everyone's trying to get, you know, so-and-so whoever the famous person of this day is, who just came out with a book. Let's get them on our podcast. It's like, right. let's just get our friends, people who we know who make great work, who don't have a big enough audience yet, you know? And I think that's, to me, that's cooler in a way. It's kind of more punk rock. Oh, it's, way better way better than yeah the platform for all these celebrity interviews and stuff and i watch a lot of that i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) i I just i don't know why i get really anxious watching it because i'm like 
I'm reading too much into it. I'm like seeing like their cracks and I'm like, oh, they're, they're going through a hard time too. They're pretending like they're not and they're a celebrity. And the, I don't know. I just go, <laughs> it's a weird, it's weird. But uh, I, I've always felt that that way, you know, which, yeah, it's part of like, like, yeah, I'm built immunity with your friends because, you know, that was, that was part of the, us doing the burger show was to me, it was like, I was like, this guy's a cool guy. Like why he should have a show. Like, why aren't we, you know what I mean? Like we should be making our own shows instead of getting these celebs to do it. Like right, right. they're doing, we can do that. Like, you know, yeah, we're just as capable as they are. They just were able to sort of, you know, meet, meet the right person or, you know, get, get in the right position to do it. But guess what? Like we all have cameras now. We all have the ability to do it. So yeah, let's, let's do it so i and it is great that you, you know to like this. when you go to like a big event like it's a top comedian or like you go see bass nectar at some like stadium like yeah that's it's pretty cool and it's worth what you pay for the experience but like we, what we are right now is kind of like we're that alt venue and like aaron just rocked this show for like eight bucks and people are coming out of there fucking pouring sweat and they're like who was that and they're like i don't know shadow sweat like Never heard of him, but <laughs> fucking killed it. That That is the show that I like to be at, you know, like whether I'm in Austin or I'm in Brooklyn, like I like those underground things where you're like, who is this? Like, I've never heard this music. They're just rocking it. And it's almost like life happens so fast. You know, it's like when you're there and it's happening like that, it's like someone's just throwing a fastball like right down the middle at you. And then, you know, that's it. Then it's over. Like then the show ends and everybody disperses. It's like, but you got to see it. And everybody with the recording of it and stuff can try to describe it to their friends. But like, we are the ones that are happening now. Like Rogan and all these people, like they already peaked and they're like in with deals of sponsorship. Like we are actually the ones that they're interested in most. And like what we're doing, I think by building a show like this is we're zigging or like we're zagging where most people are zigging. Like everybody's got a podcast now. So we're just going to be like, all right, we don't even want to be a podcast. We just want to be an online ticket that like, somebody showed you because it's like funny the way that Aaron describes smoking DMT or like you know like there are certain reasons why Rogan's show got popular like it wasn't always popular you know it used to be this mm -hmm. like renegade thing on YouTube that was like you had to know about it you know and I think that's like there's a lot of power in being like the small like organic community that's like if you don't know about it you don't know about it but if you do you're like yo this is fucking cool like, check it out. This is my friend's, you know, bags or Neil's work. Or now we have Dylan showcasing Curious Cactus. Dude, I just thought of a really great tagline. Exploring life in the long tail. Are you familiar with the long tail? Yes. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's what we're doing. It's like, fuck the, like, 10%, you know, getting millions and millions. It's like, we're in the long tail. We find our niche and we just explore that. And you never heard of us. Who cares? You know, like you haven't heard of us unless you've heard of us right right oh you haven't heard about these guys yeah <laughs> they're fucking they're awesome dude have you heard of us yet or uh... have you haven't heard of us you haven't heard of us <laughs> you ever... that's the best way it's it's that is always like there's a line where i notice uh something will get really popular 
and before that there's it feels really special you know what i mean and then a lot of times it'll get popular and it'll lose what was special about it mm-hmm. um, because of a lot of outside you know influences trying to make it something it's not but you always want to find it before it was turned into something by the bigger conglomerates of the world like that that and they want that too that's what they crave you know and then they end up morphing it so i always hope that it's like whatever we make now on the outside on the fringes that we always stay that's what i always try to with the curious cactus stuff is is like hey guys let's stay true to that because whatever is make if we think it's special now it is, it is special but uh let's make sure that we don't get lost in the in in trying to make it big you know it's like making it big doesn't that's great yeah money and whatever uh, more people seeing it more attention to it that is good but you always have to keep yourself grounded and say well what made it special in the first place you know what why did i like doing it i think that's that's going to be that's always the tricky tricky thing mm. i want to see some of these can you screen share any of your clips for us yeah um okay right now what's up is everything like non-disclosure agreement you can't show us what you're working on yes everything yeah (laughs) just sign an nda and have anybody that watches this sign an nda and we're good to go yeah (laughs) let me uh yeah let me try Kubrick filming for the uh filming the moon landing right now they contracted you QAnon. right exactly film the truth Yep. <laughs> oh man. I wonder I if you guys could do like a could, could collab on like a music video or something. Like a quarantine. Oh yeah, I've been editing a video. I I started getting into video editing because I have songs and I was like, oh yeah, I could it seems sort of like music, you know, it kind of is it's blocks on a screen and you move them around. So but yeah, I've been doing deep dives into editing and I was like, oh shit, oh, yeah, I awesome. to talk to Dylan about editing. Because uh, editing nice. All right, so you are the host now, Dylan, so you can screen share. Oh, dang, okay. Um, yeah, let me pull up. What do we want to watch? I don't know, you got Netflix or um, Netflix? <laughs> 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 I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm just gonna stream something on Netflix. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, a, I'm gonna let's uh, let's show uh, uh, an hour out of uh, the Irishman. And, uh, let's just show some cats hopefully... and porn. You know that that people supposedly find <laughs> right, on the internet. Right. I've never seen any of this shit. Yeah, cats and porn. What? Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's see if I can do this correctly. <laughs> A tab. One of the ones that I really liked was the elevator music one. I thought that one was really good. Ooh, okay. I do, I'd be down to show that. I want to show... This one's pretty quick. 
Um, it's it's something me and my buddy uh, Grant did uh, <laughs> right at the start of COVID, and uh, people seem to think it's funny. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Hey, what's going on, guys? We are hitting us hard. Uh, we're doing what we can. Are you freaking serious right now? Are you doing a video? Yeah, I'm doing I, a video. Just, can you wait? I was just, you know what? I we've have, been quarantined in this uh, place for about you know, 24 hours now. 24 hours? I've been in here 48 hours. We're, but we're still social media. This is why you don't. This is why you just live alone in a van, you guys. Do. You don't bring your friends. You don't bring your partners. And this guy's up here, and he's doing his own thing, and I'm trying to do my thing. Yeah, you know what? I will do my own thing up here. You stay not, back there, and you do your own. It's thing. already a pandemic, and we're. Well, you're it's, making it worse. I'm. I'm making it worse. You have a fucking bed back there. He's making it worse. This is why. He's making it worse. But look, we're out here. We're doing our part. We're keeping up with the trends. We're the social media influencers. We, I'm the one. I I'm, I'm the, the one, one the with a hundred thousand followers and sponsored by you Topo wish you Chico. Had so much. You wish you had so much. I'm 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 sponsored by my own Dylan's Tartar. Dylan's. So he's up there and he's doing his thing. I'm, I'm lose, doing my I'm thing lose back all here. My sponsors. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not worried about losing sponsorship because I create I, I the Dylan's Charter brand. Uh, they would never uh, I'm lose decide all my sponsors because to this, this fucking lose guy. us even during coronavirus. That's when we're out there. We're doing our part. We're still making the Charter sauce. Up. There's nothing you know, to worry about. North Face as a sponsor. I'm not going to get North North Face sucks. Hey. Don't fucking talk shit about North Face, okay? This what are you, a Patagonia guy? guy? Fuck Patagonia, fucking bougie ass. Whatever uh, Goodwill has on sale, that's what kind of guy I am. I don't need any, wait, you know, I'm, wait, what I'm are you influencing low main the poor? maintenance. Yeah, well, there's more poor than there are rich people, and that's who needs influence the most. Yeah, but that the, we need to get the, the pores on the same. Wipe out all the poor people, and then yeah, well. That's true, and that's why I'm out here uh, in this van and doing some social media influencing because right now is the time that it matters the most. <laughs> Do you have fucking coronavirus in my goddamn... It's get, just a cough. It's the, a chronic get the cough. Fuck out. It's a chronic cough. Get the fuck All right, out. he's kicking me out of his van right now. This is happening. I'm filming this. I'm filming this. I'm filming this. <laughs> Get the fuck out. You want me out of your van? <laughs> I get out of your van. So I just got kicked out of uh, my quarantine van. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Fuck that guy. He's taking off. This corona's really hurt our friendship. It's hurt a lot of relationships. I think he's locked me. He's locked me out. All right, we're back in the van, and guess what? I, he's locked out. God damn it, I didn't get the back. But I don't think he can get back. He is locked out of his own van. It's 
So that's what it comes to when the coronavirus hits. It hits and it, it distances people. And it, he came to apologize. I've won. I've won. came to apologize and you're gonna lock me out of my It's coronavirus. Bed. It's every man for themselves. I but won. But I just, I just kicked you out. I won. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if you want to see the, um, or the elevator, the elevator sketch. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that, I'm pretty, really proud of that one. Uh, my friend Matthew Wallen, he directed it and edited it, and uh, we did a lot of improv and the the improv troupe that I I was doing was called Acid Picnic. Uh, we that was just our the only thing we've made is that one, but um, yeah, that was us just being like, let's make something, and I was really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, that one's that one's great. Is that the second link in the chat? Yeah. Do you want to pull that up, Aaron? Yeah. Aaron's going to be the only one that gets to fully enjoy the experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, y'all couldn't, yeah, couldn't hear that at all? I mean, a little bit. It was just like, it would be better if we played it clean so our audience could be like, oh, yeah. Because yeah, you were happy, and I was like, fuck, I'm missing something. I thought there was some. I know. I thought there was two. I was just going off of memory <laughs> of what I, I found. It's like, oh yeah, I remember at this point. Oh oh oh! Like in the show or watching the clip? Did you did you write that whole thing? Yeah, watching the clip, I was like, I can't hear, but I. I... No, that was all improv. <laughs> oh, oh okay okay. <laughs> yeah. Van is that. Uh, oh, that's my buddy Grant, uh, the the guy in the, the van. Yeah, we kind of just, we were just riffing. Uh, you know, we were like, what if, uh, what if we were, you know, social media influencers? And, yeah. You know, that's kind of an easy one to, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were like, oh, we could just, from our van, you know? <laughs> and then that's, and then COVID, you know, we had been talking about that and then COVID was, start just starting like to be a thing you know and we were still hanging out um but this was before everything really went you know before we knew how serious it was right um which yeah i'd love to do more of those we tried to do a couple of your computer oh here it is okay let's see how this sounds all right we are sharing elevator video. All right, y'all ready? Let's do it. Good acoustics, good elevator. Fuck, there's nothing like it. <laughs> Elevators. We all know what they are, but do we know where the music in them comes from? Um, an elevator. Musician. Elevator music has a real calming effect on me. Elevators ain't for rap. Some reach the top. <laughs> while others hit the ground floor. I was on crack. 
Who are these mavericks of music, and how do they do it? <laughs> Elevators. We've all ridden on them. And they all have music, but nobody knows who makes that music. Elevator musicians have been with us since the first elevators, when they used to play Edmund Gary and his electric hurdy-gurdy. What would an elevator be without its music? It would simply be a box that takes us up and down. But what about the ups and downs of our hearts? This is Mr. Inca, a former Peruvian drug lord turned elevator musician. You may remember him as El Drugo. Okay, so my name is Mr. Inca from South America. I'm an elevator <laughs> musician. Now, the only highs Mr. Inca is responsible for are those on an elevator. This flout came from Peru and it's my top favorite. I, I, I can even sleep with my clouds. It's like elevator, see? First floor, second, and so on and so on. Maybe in the past they have something similar than elevators in their homelands. Life's a mystery. But what colors are these? The rainbow. Exactly. So it has to do with the, the elevators. Like <laughs> the lights provide uh, so much energy to the elevators. Let me tell you something. I'm the best musician in the elevator. Y hell yes! <laughs> no! No! God damn it! <laughs> My name is Neil Young Diamond. There's nothing like a fucking elevator. Yes, yes, yes. You know, when they told me, hey, Neil, why don't you try giving that elevator music a shot? I said, I don't know. I don't really know about that. I don't think that's really my thing. You know, I was, uh, I was in an orchestra for 10 years. And they said, that's not where the money's at. It's in the elevator. And so I gave it a shot. It's a rare art form, I think, and not a lot of people think that. Not a lot of people know that. Well, once they hear it, that's when they know this, you got something going here. I give sort of a mixture of what people want and what people need. This is my favorite elevator in, in, in town. <laughs> I named it Elijah after me. Holding on to polyps. Elijah was once at the top of the elevator music game before the pressures of fame and glory cut his cable tie and sent him crashing to the ground. You know those Play-Doh machines where you make the fake pasta? I put me into one of those and the music just comes out. Live music. No one's ever done it before. Gosh, have I ever failed at anything? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> he was addicted to crack cocaine, heroin, morphine, drugs, Flintstone vitamins, and beer. The nurses at rehab did not know what to do with him. Fuck you. We said you weren't, you said we weren't going to bring this up. You said it. This is over. Fuck, no, fuck all y'all. This is Fingers Benson. Fingers is a former seventh grade saxophone prodigy turned recording producer, 
for B-list actors and elevator musicians. Fingers has the best fingers in the biz. Guy Fieri hit me up. Um, the second lead from the show, Frasier, wanted his Splint Poetry album done. So I got some connections into the industry. I've always had a lust for blood, but when I discovered that elevator music has a real calming effect on me, um, I just plug, plug in the headphones and, you know, I can concentrate, really center myself, go for the kill. Hunting and music, they're two of my greatest pastimes. When we're in the studio with Elijah, we sit down sometimes for hours in our fatigues. I'm right behind the booth waiting for some creativity to come up. You just gotta pounce on it. Tony Hawk Knight is a former child crackhead and elevator musician with a cult following. Tony Hawk Knight, at the age of 12, I was already like on crack, you know, but I was able to pull out of it. I was riding in an elevator one day and, and I just, I heard this beautiful music, and I thought, I want to provoke something. Once I heard Tony Hawk Knight's ballad in the key of floor six, I was really struck, and I realized that there was some real potential here. Beats per minute in an elevator. I generally like to stay at around 68.5. The point five is important. Anywhere above that, you start getting into like 69. It's an elevator. Have some decency. Hi, uh, my name is Nasamba Martin, and I've discovered that elevator music is just, it really does it for me. One of the musicians that's really uh, <laughs> catching my ears is uh, Neil Young Diamond. I just, I, I turn up the record player and. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, wow. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the yeah. It's really good. I want that shirt. Playing tonight. And my favorite elevator venue, Neil Young Diamond. So I'm gonna play a performance in an elevator. I expect there to be a lot of people at this show. So I've been advertising it for about four months now. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Even if you're outside, you're gonna hear the music <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna say, "Oh, that sounds really nice and lovely." And I think they they'll talk to their friends about it and they say well I was I was there I was standing outside I didn't get in but I heard it and it was lovely and I wouldn't trade that for the world I called in sick that day or I traveled out of state I'll have a couple of those people you know I'd imagine dear Neil I love you so much what what is your favorite music is elevator music your favorite kind of music I love cellos what do you do for fun that's what I want to know. Love, Neil. I'm sorry, you guys. Don't like me. here, so just be know it's live. Love you, Neil. This little lift, I elevate rap. Little What's up? This little lift, and my elevator music. I thought, what can I do to go up? Then it hit me. Elevators. It used to be little diagonal when I was on escalators. We not going diagonal no more. It's little lift. Cause we going up. I'ma tell you how it is, you know what I'm saying? Is horizontal even a word? The rivalry between Tony and Elijah could not be huger. This is going to be as tense as an elevator cable. Elijah. You know, he's big elevator guy. He's a, he knows how to get the crowd going, I guess, but there's no room for his antics. 
Are we ever gonna collaborate over my dead body? Would I ever collaborate with Tony? Yeah. <laughs> Desperate to return to the top of the elevator music scene, Tony and Elijah set aside their differences and agree to collaborate in a session led by Fingers Benson. This is a project. I got a project. We're making elevator music. Elevator music. Such as it is in the elevator world, Tony and Elijah had a falling out after demanding that Fingers decide which is the better musician. These are the ups and downs of the elevator music business. Uh, this one I call the ups and downs of life. learned a lot we went on a journey there it's a journey yeah it's a <laughs> yeah this was great it's... watching it all... <laughs> the the connection uh was just real choppy so it's so funny just seeing it like see just seeing how long it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> the choppiness i'm like oh my god this is the full-on documentary here. <laughs> yeah, y'all went. Yeah, barely, yeah. <laughs> there's drama, you know. There's there's uh, characters. <laughs> Ups and downs of elevator musicians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A lot of the lines, you just, just so, it's almost like you give no real like. Uh, they're just delivered so dryly. You might not even catch them. And you're like, oh wait, he just. Yep, he just said that. <laughs> the ups and downs of elevator. <laughs> Yeah. Where where did Jesse go? He's gone. Yeah. Let's check yeah, out his yeah. paintings. I think your videos killed him. I think he did. He's like, this huh. is it's too too funny. It's it's too funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm just checking out his art. It's incredible. Uh, every time I see it, I just am blown away by it. Yeah, he really likes burgers. It makes me hungry, to be honest. He really, yeah. I know. I had a burger yesterday, and it was really good. Hatch green chili uh, burger from Whataburger. Oh. I recommend it. I think I did have that one. Did I have that? Yeah, I had a hop dotty. I had to buy my room, or I didn't have to, but I bought my roommate burgers for his birthday. And, so oh, nice. and I had a mushroom burger, a magic mushroom burger. It was not. I think I've had that one there. Yeah. They, the mushroom mushrooms were not magic. I was a little upset. Um, but 
What are you gonna do? Yeah, that's that's false advertising. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> don't get don't get my hopes up. Yeah. The fuck, dude. <laughs> are, are, are you still in Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm over here on the east side, just trying to stay lit. You know. Yeah. Keep it 100. Keep it 100. Yeah, I've been making tons of beats. Like I said, I've been working the past few days. I've been working on a a music video for a track I just put out. So I'm just trying to, um, yeah, just trying to finish it. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> My plumber was here, and, and and it was just like it seemed like it was very chaotic. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> This is a new load, Jesse. Your plumber. I know the plumber. I know. Plumber. <laughs> we know. Yeah, right. Seriously, we our kitchen sink has been hurting really bad. So, uh, you gotta take it. Yeah, no, that's you gotta take care of that. You so, can't take it. Dylan has your compassion. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely. I know how it is. Real life is there, and it matters. I think that's kind of the theme is like New York, real life happens, but not <laughs> when real life happens. Uh, yeah, I, I, I always I'm a big I push this. Uh, <laughs> my philosophy is like every it all matters, you know, and nothing is more important than a like things that are real uh which is that drives me nuts with the av world you know it's all because that to me is bullshit like the 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 stuff they say is just always the same you know i mean i think that was a running joke we had in the in the in that world was that you know, it's like, oh, what are they talking about? Oh yeah, charts and graphs, um, how we're gonna excel in <laughs> the future and and how we're and it's it's the same thing amongst all these companies and they're just saying the same stuff. And you're like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. They're paying they're paying hundreds of thousands of, of dollars to get these people packed in a room and they're all miserable and just want it to be over and so do we that's the you know but it's our job you know we get paid for it so it's that, that's the incentive there but but i've always yeah it's always like this is not important but what is important it's life that's important elevator fucking music What's <laughs> elevator, yeah exactly yeah elevator music dude this was an epic I, aaron i want to this has been an epic episode. Oh, I want to. I just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I want to check out your your music, man. I, I need to. I haven't oh really yeah, heard totally. much of your stuff. Send yeah, me some I got links. A, I, yeah, I'll send you some stuff here. I got a. I got a bunch of. I I made a couple videos earlier in the year, which kind of like wet my whistle for like music video editing. So now I'm just kind of like going deep on it oh shit that's awesome youtube videos oh my god do i but, but yeah no, i, I want to get with some... you guys 
do what? Do, is there going to be a collab where Dylan directs a video for you? I would love to do that. That sounds awesome. That would be super cool. I don't know. I do would, you do music videos? I would videos? also love to do that. Yeah, so I, I uh, uh, did a music video for the a band called The Butts, a uh, punk band my friend is in. Uh, several of my friends are in, and um, uh, they're great. They're like a local Austin punk band. And it, I've always wanted to make music videos. And like a couple of years ago, I think maybe in 2013, 2014, somewhere around there, I spent like, like a whole year trying to make a music video for different people and things just kept falling through. Like one time it was my my fault i dropped the ball and stuff but yeah i just i i always wanted to make a music video and never got the chance to and then i think this was last year years now i mean it's days turn into years lately so it's hard to say but i believe it was like last year i got to do a music video for the first time for the butts uh which is on uh curious cactus channel so yes, I do music videos. And the production company I, I co-founded with some buddies of mine uh, called Lightfoot Creative Media, we're, we're doing more music videos and stuff. And we did, a uh, my buddy John, who was in that short film, he directed uh, two music videos for this uh, rap group, 5D, um, and it's with puppets. And it was Oh, it was I've, awesome. I've seen them. Yeah, oh, I saw them live. Yeah, I've seen them live. They're fucking They're great. Great. Yeah, they are awesome. Um, he's he, John right now. He's really busy getting those those uh, two music videos finished. But I'm pretty excited about those. I think those are going to be dope. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Oh, what were we saying? No, I was just going to say, I'd love to do more music videos, so if you got anything, let me know. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah, so once I finish this thing I'm on now, I think I have a, already have a project in mind for, like, uh, for what I'm going to do maybe in the first quarter of next year. So, yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you some ideas, like, uh, and see if any of the ideas resonate, like, just some of the themes that I'm thinking about writing, writing, making the songs about, and then, like, visually. But yeah, I'll send you some links. Hey, so Dylan, <clears throat> just before we come to a close here, I just want to make sure we're plugging everybody that you want to put up the Curious Cactus channel. We can put your Instagram up there. The butts, you want to showcase the your friends because you did some music videos from them. Uh, is there anybody else? Um... I'm trying to blank. Uh, my book, uh, I'm, uh, Pain, and, Pain and Repetition, uh, which I released last year, uh, which was my first time I self-published it. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, that's kind of, yeah. I can throw you my, my uh, I almost said Twitch. I do have a Twitch, but I don't really do much on it, but uh, my Twitter. Um, I'm doing more of that and Instagram these days. Okay. Um, and the book is available yeah. on Amazon? It is. I'd like for it 
hopefully I'll get it on on uh, Barnes and Noble, but yeah, for now it's just on Amazon. Okay, Sam, can you send a link to that in the chat too? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, and uh, if I can just say real quick, just more of a just pitch. A curious cactus in a better way. I feel like I, r I rambled a little bit, but essentially, um, you know, the thing that we're trying to do with curious cactus is build a community of of sort of like minded individuals and also people from all walks of life. But um, giving them sort of what you guys are doing, um, just a platform uh, to be able to tell stories and um, and from all levels of, of filmmaking. You know, um, we got all sorts of different uh, different stuff up there. And we, we hope to have more. So if if anybody is interested in showing their work on our channel, uh, I would love to talk to you all. And I'd love to collab with you guys as well on that. Because um, I really like what you guys are doing. And, yeah, I love yeah. that idea. I'll send you some stuff. Yeah, I want to yeah collab and put some videos up there. I think that's a great idea. Nice. Hell yeah, yeah dude. We're going to be bigger than Netflix. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> bigger than Netflix. <laughs> dude, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> it's possible. It's definitely I possible. Too. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I say it kind of joking. But, uh, yeah, it is such a lofty goal. But yeah, that's where I see it. I, I just want more opportunities for people that... Um, independent artist who might not get a chance normally to tell a story. Um, that was my thing. I, I do a lot of producing as well. And so I help people make shorts and films and stuff. And I really like that. But one of the aspects of doing that and why I like it is, is yeah, giving people opportunity to tell a story when, when film is, is a lot of times it's really expensive. Nobody can afford it. And so, Oftentimes it'll be like, you know, it's just against a budget and they don't have the resources. So eventually I'd like to have a, basically a hub where people can come and make their stuff. If they got an idea and yeah. So. Dude, I could see like user-based content becoming bigger than Netflix and, you know, like it would kind of be like a YouTube, but there'd be, there'd be a little bit of a filter and be like, okay, this kind of lands on like this channel, you know, but like giving all these different artists opportunities to showcase their work. And then like you find guys that are like putting out stuff that like is consistent and you're like, I like this style. I want to see what their next move is going to be their next show. I mean, that's really, really powerful. I think, I think honestly, you could be bigger than Netflix if you roll with the roll with the punches and like how everything's changing so fast you know yeah i i, I yeah netflix is a bitch <laughs> i want I, by the way yeah, I want that, that, that is <laughs> that's you that? put that on that t-shirt of your face that you had in that <laughs> you want that shirt i get yeah you yeah probably get that shirt First off, well, you, should sell, you should sell that shirt, like, like you should make like 50 of them or something and sell them. And I, you should also put be... bigger than Netflix on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just my own egos, yeah, having my face on shirts. 
don't know if that's a good idea, but I I love it. <laughs> it's a good idea, but I love it. Follow your love, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow my passions. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that is uh, that is kind of the thing. Yeah, it eventually came to a point where the thing with YouTube, you know, it's more more vlog kind of style and yeah we want to be able to like tell narrative stories but like more of an independent route and also another goal that i i hope will be part of it and it's, it's always in the back of my mind is how do we how do we give artists money how do they how do they get paid for their work because a lot of time they go with something like netflix or like these bigger studios and they don't get a lot of money for their work mm-hmm. like it's 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 all just for netflix so yeah so how to pay back artists for their hard work and their, their stories because art art should be people should be paid way more for their art and especially independent artists oh yeah absolutely like you guys you guys should be rich you guys are awesome like just oh, as oh, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Jesse Rich. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, never. No. I think I think crypto also offers a lot of opportunities there, and I think that's something that I want to explore over this next year, um, especially in terms of like taking out, you know, borrowing money for art and stuff like that in in ways that are a lot healthier than like say borrowing taking out a loan from a bank you know, which is like fucking sketchy and the interest rates and they're all just designed to screw you. But there's definitely a lot of ways that you can like create money, like, you know, using some of the decentralized finance apps that I've been learning about on there. It seems like teaching people how to how to use those and learning how to use those to finance projects seems like something that's really exciting. You know, the interest rates are really low and you can stake the, the money that you put in you know, like as collateral can actually generate its own interest, which then lowers the amount that you're actually paying on your, on your loan. So it's like, you know, I think there's a lot of possibilities for that, for being able to self fund and then things like brave browser offering like a basic attention. So it's like not about necessarily like whose ass you can kiss, but about who's your audience. Do you have an audience that cares and wants to see what you're doing Um, and let, letting that be your guide and letting them help fund it with, with their attention, you know? So I think there, I think there's a lot of possibilities over this next year that I want to explore um, for, cause I agree with you hundred percent. We need to figure out a better way to shape, to create content, to fund content. Cause the advertising model is clearly not working. Um, it's creating more problems than it's solving. Um, and we, yeah. And nobody out. likes ads. No, we don't, and yeah. it it's the reason why we're why there are documentaries like like the the social dilemma and stuff. Like it's all because of fucking advertising. And yeah, yep. dude, there's got to be a better way, better model. Yep. I'm so glad you brought that up, Aaron, because we really need to do a crypto deep dive just for like everybody that listens to the show, and just so they can like wrap their head around like DeFi is so cool, like you can now you don't need to go to a bank to necessarily get a loan. Like you can go to somebody that has, they hold crypto 
and they can put yeah. collateral in for you and get you whatever that you need back. Or you can put your own crypto in. Like mm -hmm. I pretty much hold all of my currency now is always on a blockchain. Like it's never in US dollars just because I just don't believe in it anymore. Like I just see it going down faster than it's not even going stable. It's just going down. Mm -hmm. So like even by there's still times where I need cash, you know, and sometimes crypto is going down. And if it's like really, really going to go down, the move there would be like stake your stake your crypto in a DeFi platform and withdraw the loan that you need to like pay your rent and your bills. A couple months from now, that crypto is going to pick back up. It might even be so high that now your collateral paid off your loan for you by the time you withdraw it. Exactly. But when you sign up, it's like you agree that, you know, whatever you're going to stake, let's say you're going to stake 100 link or whatever, 100 chain link, and you're going to receive $10,000. And then by the time that you pay it back, that 100 chain link is worth $10,000. Like nobody's, nobody's screwed there. There's plenty of money to go back. You get your collateral back. They get their money back. I mean, it's, it's just... It gives us so much opportunity with how much it swings and it, it literally doesn't matter if it's going up or down like a lot of new traders are going to freak out when it's going down but there's opportunity when it's swinging that's it's really yeah. the swinging of the pe pendulum that gives you opportunity to cash out when it's high reinvestments low and the thing is that that it's not like a bank that's making the profit off of loaning you money it's everybody like Everybody who's has this, you know, like if you stake Bitcoin, for instance, it's everybody who also has Bitcoin in this system of lending and staking it, you know, gets a piece of that. So it's like everyone who puts a piece of Bitcoin in there gets a portion of that interest that is paid, you mm -hmm. know. So it's like we all like it's kind of just what if we were all the bank, you know, and we all just kind of like had a fund that anyone could borrow from and anyone who contributes to that fund gets a little bit out, which is ideally what a bank would sort of does, you know, they give you interest on for having money in their, in their, uh, you know, their for letting them use your money. To this show and we started doing, we started doing something like that with this show. Like we're, we get Dylan on here and he's like, okay, I want a thousand bucks to make my next whatever mini series. We put up the DeFi loan, pay him the thousand. And it's like, it's Dylan, like he's either going to burn us for a thousand bucks or like we trust him. He's probably going to pay it back when he can. But like mm -hmm. that way we're uplifting our friends. We're educating them about crypto. And we're like also seeing the projects that we want to see come to fruition. And if it's like something as small as like 500 bucks is holding somebody back, like we can, we can potentially do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And micro loans are huge. Like there, I would not be surprised if there are some micro loan decentralized apps going on right now um because there yeah, are definitely micro loan apps called me for like a 300 dollars loan and you know it was you know it's always like are you sh like am i gonna get this money back you know so I, I gave him the money but like in my head i was just thinking like shit he just doesn't know about DeFi. like you know you can get a 300 dollars loan off the internet you don't have to like ask your friend or you know it's obviously probably a little bit cheaper to do a friend and family way but like there's options for people and i just don't think they're we're like i don't think we get it as a collective yet no yeah it's definitely a little scary you know i mean there's a there's a barrier to entry on just like you know what's a wallet and how to maintain the security of it so a lot of that can be simplified for people and because i you know just in my own view you know going from going from total 
you know, plebe, have all your money in Chase Bank and only use Chase Bank or something to um, trying to take out a loan with crypto is a it that takes a while. You have to educate yourself, and so it's not just simple like, oh yeah, check this out. Like you can just sign up here and get a thing. You know, like getting a bank account and getting a loan is fairly straightforward. Someone can walk you through it. But I think uh, I think we're still waiting for that. But once that gets there. And it's easy to explain and you can go on to comp or whatever, which is one of, which is one of the big ones that does lending money out. It's like, oh, chick, 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 chick. Like here, watch this video. And here's how you apply for a loan. And here's how the loans work. And here's how you pay back and all this stuff. And like, because there's no approval. Like that's the other thing is there's no one who decides you're worthy or not worthy of taking out a loan. It's like all this kind of system. Okay, what can you stake? What can you do? And this determines the rate of interest. And if you don't pay it back, no one really loses. You know, we all kind of wins, which is kind of an interesting model, you know? Do you have a, a, a Bitcoin wallet or any crypto at all, Dylan? I, I did. I had a couple years ago, I had what Coinbase or something and uh-huh. I invested in Ethereum. Um, and I... You know, I got, I got, I didn't have the money to just put, and I, I put like a grand on it, and I was like really wanting to get a camera at the time, and so I was like, well, if I lose this money, there goes the camera, mm-hmm. and it went, and it fluctuated, and I could, at one point, I could have like profited a thousand, but then it went down and started like tanking, and I, I didn't have a stomach, and so I pulled out, but. Um, yeah, and I need I need to find like all this stuff is is kind of new to me as far as the loan aspect. Uh, I didn't realize you could get loans, so that's that's interesting. Um, and that's actually some of my buddy Grant who who does Curious Cactus as well. Uh, he's getting into that okay. crypto world. And so he's been telling me a little bit of stuff like that. And we were even said, we were like, how could we make cryptocurrency work for what we're trying to do? Like get the, like you were saying, uh, getting those projects funded and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause that's essentially what, yeah. It's like, how do we do that? And if we could use crypto to power that somehow. Oh, certainly. We certainly could. I, I think that's I'd, a conversation really that we should like keep, having Aaron like if there's mm-hmm. ways we can kick our friends like small loans for them to make the art that we want to see yeah. like I'd be sto- I'd be so so stoked about that and it's yeah. like feels like kind of like I always I never like to be like on stage you know I always like to be a little bit behind the scenes but always had like a hand in the show so it's like when somebody's making a piece like you just want to see them make it but there's a part of me that gets like a lot of joy that's like you know there was something that I could have like helped in you know help this person make this faster or something like you know the even when i've seen my friends play shows and it's like i just did the lighting like there's a part of me that's like all right cool there's people appreciating the way that the lights are hitting and stuff and it's like no one knows that i was the lighting guy but like you know just like no one has to know that we're the funder but like when the artist will know and that's what i think is going to like kick it back to us ultimately you know, because then the artist is going to be like, I did this, here's my new thing. And the reason I got it was a DeFi loan through Jesse and Aaron off Pirate Utopia. And so it's like kind of that word of mouth promotion back to us. But at the same time, we're, we're getting to watch the art that we want to see happen. Yeah, 
that's that fucking dude that's life in the long tail man you know life in the long tail yeah (laughs) yeah that's what it's about i think and that's what pirate utopia is is ultimately about you know that's the concept is like you know we're the people who don't have the normal the normal ways to go the normal channels you know like a lot of and there's a lot of artists out there i mean obviously there's more independent artists now than there ever have been but there can be even more and i think yeah it's it's like oh yeah we have this whole little ecosystem of like-minded people and it, you know and we all can make enough to to survive and live a good life and then also make the art we want and we don't need to worry about appealing to the mass market you know mm-hmm. i mean for all the shit talking on netflix though it's like they kind of in a way they're doing their own sort of version of that where they're producing so much so many shows mm-hmm. that aren't designed to appeal to everyone like obviously you know stranger things or whatever but like they are making a lot of shows that you know there are netflix shows you've never heard of that millions of people are watching that you didn't like every time i'm blown away i'm like that's a fucking tv show on netflix like and i think there's a similar thing where it's like i'm constantly on on youtube and on uh instagram finding these people with huge followings that i've never heard of and uh and i think that's the dream it's just you just want to be someone with the following of people who care about what you make that you can serve that and it's not about has everyone heard of you it's about the important people who Mm -hmm. have heard of you and they will support you and you create that circular flow where it's like and you support them like oh this person contributed to my movie and now i'm contributing to their album or their painting or their you know art show or whatever and it's like cool that you know that's the way it works we just all keep each other afloat that's what i'm interested in seeing the aspect of the community of artists and how how to make that work because a lot of people talk about that it's like how do we how do we make a community and everybody wants to but i haven't seen it really successful one other than these big ones like youtube and instagram and you know that in a way that is a community of artists but it's so big that a lot of people get lost in the shuffle you know and especially if it's like if they got one thing that they put out or maybe just a few things but you know i'll, I'll stumble across and i'll be like this is great like if i hadn't a, somehow stumbled across it like this is this is like a masterpiece to me so mm-hmm. it's like how do we get yeah how do you get those people in a room together and and have just a community of that and just basically show more people that's where we're going man dude thank you for boarding the ship dylan yeah all right captain we're, wherever we'll you're heading man yeah we'll definitely have to do some sharing and stuff and, uh... to set sail yeah <laughs> <laughs> Walk the plank. <laughs> Yo, sorry yeah. to have Dylan back. Well, Dylan will be, he'll be back on the show, I'm sure, before long. I'd love to be Oh, yeah. I'd love to be back. Yeah, seriously, anytime. I, you guys are awesome. This, this was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you so much for coming. Like, really appreciate it. Badass, man. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah, let's make uh, let's make the dream because uh, that's what this year has taught me is that um, it's all gone gone haywire. So we might as well dream big and 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 actually do what we we want we dream of. We should do what we dream of.
Hmm. So it's 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 exciting to see what you guys are doing and that you're actually doing it. It, it inspires me. Dude, same so thank you. here. Much love. We love you. Much love. Dylan. <laughs> love you. <ya. laughs> All right, I'm going to end.